Again, I want to call your attention um, tonight to 1 Samuel uh, chapter 30. Uh, we have been looking at what God is revealing to us um, through this hour that we are in. We've been looking at what God is sharing with us, how God is speaking to us. Um, we're, we're asking God um, not to just allow us to go through this, but to allow us to see him in a special way, even in a time like this. So um, we're grateful because God has been blessing us with the word. He has been lifting my spirit um, just through reading his word. And so I'm grateful for that opportunity. Um, in 1 Samuel chapter 30 is where I want to call your attention because I want you to see um, what the Lord will also share with us um, by way of his word, how he keeps us um, lifted and encouraged and directed in his word. Um, in 1 Samuel 30, verse number 6, it simply says, David was now in great danger because all his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk of stoning him. But David found strength in the Lord, his God. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. But David encouraged himself in the Lord, his God. And that's what I want to talk about tonight. I want to talk about encourage yourself. Because I believe one of the things that God is allowing us to come to know in this season is how we can encourage ourselves. Can you just say where you are? Encourage yourself. Um, you, you have to be able to speak life into your own situation. You have to be able to speak a positive word over your own life and family and situation. You have to be able to literally know that when you open your mouth that there's power that's coming out of your mouth. You and I have to know how to encourage ourselves even in some tough situations. And that's what I need us to be very mindful of because we are living in a negative world. Um, every time you turn on the TV, every time you listen to the news, whether it's on the Internet or what have you, man, it's some negativity out here that will just mess your mind up. But you and I must understand that it's not that we're ignoring what's going on. It's that we understand that we have a God that's in control of what's going on. And so it's important for us to understand that God has given us tools. He has given us a system. God has given us everything we need to be successful, even in a time like this. Now, I know um, that it doesn't appear that this is a situation that we can be successful in, but I'll just leave it to you like this before I move too fast. Don't try to overthink God. God knows what he's doing. Come on, say that with me. God knows what he's doing. One more time. God knows what he's doing. And so since we know God knows what he's doing, it's incumbent upon us to take that at face value and trust that he said in his word, everything will work out for our good. And we know all things work together for the good of those that are called, that love the Lord, that are called according to his purpose. And family, you need to be able to encourage yourself because you know God does not waste any moment or opportunity. God will not waste this moment or opportunity in our lives. And so when you look at the story of David, David is such a blessing in our lives. He teaches us the value of encouraging yourself. Now, I need you to understand the backdrop 
of 1 Samuel 30 and verse number 6 because what you'll understand is David shows up in a situation that he didn't ask for. David shows up in a situation that was unexpected. David shows up in a situation that is not because he did anything wrong. In fact, he's in this situation because God has anointed him, because God has a calling on his life, because God has chosen him. And family, let me let you in on a secret. Anytime God chooses you, get ready to have to do battle. I'll say it one more time. Anytime God chooses you, anytime God anoints you, anytime God gives you that supernatural gift, he gifted you, then you need to expect a battle to take place because the enemy does not want you to walk in the purpose that by which God has granted you and gifted you. There is an enemy that wants to stop your growth. There's an enemy that does not want you to see that God has given you more than you understand that he has given you. And so I need you to understand that there's some things that you find yourself in that are not your fault. That's important for you to understand because when you read 1 Samuel 30, you will discover that David finds himself not encouraged, but discouraged. Did you hear what I just said? David finds himself discouraged. I'll say it one more time. David, the anointed king, the one that God chose, the one that has been elevated and appointed and anointed by God, finds himself discouraged. I need you to get that because I want you to understand, I don't care how saved you are, you have to learn how to deal with your moments of discouragement. Let me say it one more time. It doesn't matter how saved you are. It doesn't matter how long you've been walking with God. It doesn't matter how close you are to God. You're human, and you're going to have to know how to deal with moments of discouragement. Now, that word discouragement um, begins with that, that prefix, this. It means to be removed from, to be taken off or taken away from. It means that, that the enemy would love to remove from you the power that God has placed in you. He would love to remove from you the giftings that God has placed in you. He would love to allow you to walk away from what God has placed in you. It's a discouragement. It means that you have the ability, but he will discourage you and you won't know how to tap into the ability or you won't trust the ability or you won't lean on what God has placed in you and you'll be looking outside for some stuff that God has already placed inside of you. And so you got to understand that's why real believers that trust in the Lord with all their heart and lean not to their own understanding, they don't live in a state of pity because even though they have emotions that they have to fight through, they know that nothing that they're dealing with is too hard for God to handle. Did you hear what I just said? Just in case you're listening to me, just in case you're watching me and you are feeling it right now, life is tightening up the screws on you right now. You feel like there is no way out. You feel the weight, the pressure of what's going on in this world. I need you to understand that God has given you what you need to handle this moment and to handle this situation. You've got to make sure that you know how to, how to not slip into a pity party or a season of discouragement. That's what's going on in 1 Samuel chapter 30. Read it when you get a chance. It'll bless your life like it blessed me. Because what you'll discover is David and his men are coming from battle. They're returning from battle. 
They just had a battle. They're returning back to the camp from battle. And after returning back from the camp from battle, you would think that they would be excited to return back to the camp from battle. But here is the problem. When they get back to the camp, they discovered that their enemy, the Amalekites, had raided their camp, had taken their women and children into captivity, and set their camp on fire. Let me say it one more time. Their camp had been raided. Their women and children had been taken into captivity, and the camp had been burned, set on fire. And all of a sudden, when they should have been celebrating, they find themselves in a moment, in a space, in a period, in a time where they are discouraged. Did you hear what I just said? And let me say this to you. You have to be honest with yourself. Just because God gives you a victory on the left does not mean you're going to have to have a fight on the right. Just because God blesses you on one side does not mean you're not going to have to battle on the other side. Just because you just won a victory, don't get too comfortable and think that all of the fighting is over. Because the enemy can't take your victory, but he sure can create circumstances and situations where you won't enjoy your victory. Ooh, ooh, that's pretty good right there. Because I believe that's what's going on in our lives right now. We are some blessed people. But here is what the enemy does. He sets the stage that you won't even enjoy your blessings. As blessed as you are, you'll find yourself complaining. As blessed as you are, you'll find yourself depressed. As blessed as you are, you'll find yourself uh, uh, frustrated. As blessed as you are, you'll find yourself doing everything but thanking God and enjoying the blessings that he has bestowed upon you and I. And family, I want to encourage you tonight and let you know that you have the ability to encourage yourself. Just say it right where you are. Encourage yourself. Just say it one more time. Encourage yourself. You might can't get to mama, but you can encourage yourself. You might can't get to the pastor, but you can encourage yourself. You might can't get to your loved one, but you can encourage yourself. Because God wants you to understand that he wanted a personal relationship with you. Oh, I like that. Because there's too many times that we lean on other people to be our source of strength. And God has called you and I to be strong enough to know how to look the enemy in the face and make the devil flee. Hell, did y'all hear what I just said? You have the ability to make him flee. Now, he's going to come back, but it doesn't matter if he comes back because you have what it takes to whoop him when he comes back. Here is what you got to make sure. You got to make sure that you don't get discouraged. Let me say this to you. Here is what's taking place in the text. David just finished winning a battle. Him and his men just finished winning a battle. And when they get back, they're slapped in the face with tragedy. Now, I know, I know, none of you know what real tragedy looks like or what real tragedy feels like. But for those of us that have had to experience tragedy before, it ain't no fun. It ain't no piece of cake. And them people that come and say, I know just how you feel, they lying. Don't you believe them? They don't know how you feeling. They may know how they feel, but they don't know how you feel. And you got to understand that even though you have to deal with tragedy because you are not leaning and trusting in yourself, then you can make it through this moment of tragedy. I'll, I'll get more into that in a little bit. Here is what the Lord said to you and I, it says that when David showed up, David discovered that the families had been ravaged and raided and all of a sudden the women and children had been taken into captivity. What do you do when what you thought was secure, you find out is now insecure? 
Ooh, that'll shout somebody right there. What do you do when you was leaning and depending on that 401k to retire and all of a sudden it gets taken away? What do you do when you thought you was going to retire on that job, but they downsize and you no longer have that job? What do you do when you think you have your life mapped out? You think you have all of it lined out and things just don't go the way you planned them to do. Do you throw in the towel? Do you pitch a pity party? No, no. David says, here's what you do. You learn how to encourage yourself. Hey family, what do you do when things don't go the way you want them to go? Here is what David said. You got to learn how to encourage yourself. Hey, I'm saying to you right now, you got to learn how to be a source of encouragement in your own life. You got to learn how to not to depend on anything or anyone else. You know, we, we, we have to social distance now and we can't go where we want to go. And so now some of us who used to go to happy hour to, uh, you know, kind of get relaxed a little bit. Now you can't go to happy hour. But the question is, can you create happy hour at your own house? Oh, uh, OK. Uh, can you create happy hour right where you are? Because you ought to be happy with every breath that you take. God has been too good to you and I for us to need some third party to make us happy. Okay, I'll get into that later, but here is what I'm trying to get you to understand. God says to David, David, I've got an assignment for you. And when David takes on the assignment that God has given him, David gets back from battle. And when he gets back from battle, the Bible declares that the whole camp has been raided. The women and children have been kidnapped. The camp has been burned. And all of a sudden, all of the men now are crying and wailing. Did you hear what I just said? They began to cry and wail. That's in verse number four. Read it when you get a chance. They began to scream and holler. They began to weep and wail. They began to, to make these large, boisterous noises. And let me tell you why. Because they was in pain. Hey, family, I know you don't understand what real pain is, but let me tell you something. There comes a time in every life when you're going to have to learn how to deal with real pain. And that's what's going on. The men are facing real pain. They are not only in pain, they are hurting. They're not only hurting, they're fretting. They're not only fretting, they're afraid. They're not only afraid, they're panicking. And in the state of fear and panic, in the state of hopelessness, in the state of hurt and pain, in a state of disarray, you know what they did? They got loud and stopped being loyal. That's what took place. They got loud. But they stopped being loyal because when you read the text, you'll discover they started screaming and howling. They started crying. They started wailing and weeping. And then they stopped being loyal. Now, listen at this. When you read it, you'll discover that verse number six says David was now in great danger. Why was David in great danger? Because the very men that he had just fought the battle with when they got back to the camp, and saw things were not the way they expected them to be. They got so hurt. They was in so much pain. They were so frustrated that they began to turn on David. Let me say it one more time. Here's what they did. They looked at David and the Bible says that David ha had his own issues. Let me tell you what David's issues were. I'll tell you. He was in the same situation they were in. Because the Bible says, verse 4, verse 5, here it is. Not only did the men's women and children get taken into captivity, here's the thing. David's own family got taken into captivity. So David was going through the same things that they were going through. But what they did, instead of being loyal, they turned on David. Now watch this. They, they didn't have to be loyal to David. They should have still been loyal to God. 
Okay, let me see if I can help you real quick. You see, God had just protected them in battle, which means they could have died in the battle. They could have died on the battlefield. They could have died in the fight. But God protected them in the fight. God protected them in the battle. God protected them when they were facing danger. And you mean to tell me if God can protect you on the battlefield, you mean to tell me he can't protect you in this moment? That's what they should have been doing. They should have relied on the God that kept them in the battlefield to keep them right now. Hey, family, did you hear what I just said? I'm trying to get you to understand that God wants you and I to stay committed to him, to stay loyal to him, to stay connected to him. Because even though things don't go the way we want them to go, God still knows what he is doing. Did you hear what I just said? You've got to make sure that you never give up on God. I'm not saying you won't be hurt. I'm not saying you won't be in pain. I'm not saying you won't find life some, some difficult situations in life. But here is what you got to know how to do. You got to know how to take a licking and keep on ticking. Okay, you ain't never heard that before, huh? You got to learn how to take a licking and keep on ticking. Because the same God that got you from the last situation, he's the same God that can handle this situation. And here is what David said. If you're going to encourage yourself, you got to learn how to stay focused. Can you say focus? Can you just say focus right where you are? You got to learn how to stay focused. Because if you stay focused on who your protector is and who your provider is, even though you are hurting and in pain, you know that this ain't too much hurt or too much pain that your protector and your provider. I cannot handle. Can you say stay focused? If you stay focused, here is what you have discovered. This ain't the first battle you had to fight. Can you say stay focused? If you stay focused, you will discover this ain't the first time you had to shed some tears. Can you say focus? If you say focus, you'll discover this ain't the first time it looked like you wasn't gonna win. Can you say stay focused? If you stay focused, you'll discover this ain't the first time the odds were stacked against you. Can you stay focused? Say focus. Because if you stay focused, you'll discover this ain't the first time it looked like the enemy had the victory. Can you say stay focused? Because when you stay focused, you'll recognize this battle ain't mine. It belongs to the Lord. You're right. It, this too shall pass. This too will come to pass. But you got to learn how to stay focused. Look at the text because I need you to make sure I'm not making this stuff up. When you read the text, you'll discover that it says that David found himself in great danger. Why was David in great danger? Because the men that was with David did not, David did not stay focused. Let me tell you, I ain't blaming them. I ain't even pointing the finger at them because they were hurt. They were in pain. They were emotionally distraught. And if you showed up and your wife and your children were taken away and you thought they were murdered and killed, but they were literally taken in captivity, which is what we come to find out, then you would be emotionally a shipwreck too. But here is what you got to understand. Even in an emotional state, you got to stick with God. I'll say it one more time. Even in an emotional state, you and I got to stick with God. Why must you stick with God? I said it in the beginning, because God knows what he's doing. Now, how many in here that's watching and listening can testify? You know God knows what he's doing. I'll say it one more time. How many on here, how many watching me can testify? You know God knows what he's doing. You got to understand that it's okay to go through an emotional roller coaster, but don't you disconnect from God while you're going through that roller coaster, because you got to understand 
understand, weeping may endure for a night, but somebody can testify. You know joy will show up in the morning. Is it anybody on here that can tell me that you know you went to bed crying, but you woke up shouting? Because God knows how to handle it when you take your hands off of it. God knows how to handle it when it's too heavy for you. That's why Jesus says, Take my yoke upon you because my yoke is easy. That's why Peter came back and reminded us, cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. I'm trying to get you to understand if you just stay focused, God can handle what you're dealing with right now. That's what David says to you and I. He says, if you're going to encourage yourself, you got to learn how to stay focused. Man, that is a shout and that's worthy of us telling God, thank you right there. But before I shout too soon, before I give you too much, let me just raise this question. Have you ever taken the time to look back over your life and see where God has brought you from and begin to just tell him, thank you right where you were? No, you wasn't where you wanted to be, but you sure were not where you used to be. No, you didn't have everything you wanted to have, but you sure have more than you deserve to have. No, you're not doing the things you may have set out to do, but by the grace of God, you're doing more than you should have been allowed to do. Sometimes you got to just be so loyal to God that you stay focused and recognize if I put his put it all in his hands here's what I've discovered his hands are better than my hands okay let me press forward because here is what it says David says if you're going to encourage yourself you got to first stay focused secondly he says you got to recognize who your real enemy is that's what took place man they took their eyes off the real enemy and they start attacking one another. Hey, family, we're sheltering in place right now. We're confined to some corridors, and we're about to lose our mind. We're, we're, we're really having cabin fever, man. It's really tough to be isolated into these little small spaces. And sometimes you get tired of being in the same place. Sometimes you get frustrated being in the same place. Sometimes you get agitated being in the same place. But what you got to remember, David says, you got to know how to encourage yourself so you don't turn on each other. Listen, David was not the enemy. The real enemy was the Amalekites, but they took their focus off who the real enemy was and started attacking who was closest to him. Oh, I just said something right there because I'm trying to let somebody know that your enemy is not in your house. Your enemy is not the person that's in your house. Your enemy is not, okay, oh, y'all looking at me strange right there. Your enemy is not your wife. Your enemy is not your children. Your enemy is not your love. That's not your real enemy. Now, because you can't get to your real enemy, you might use them because they're close enough and they'll do but you got to stay focused and understand that you cannot turn you cannot turn on each other you got to recognize that God knows exactly what he's doing that's what David says he says you got to encourage yourself how do you encourage yourself here it is that word encouragement comes from a Hebrew word and it simply means to grab hold to Okay, let me back up and say it one more time. That word comes from a Hebrew word that means to grab hold to. It means to cling to. It means to hang on to. Here's what he's saying. David said, when life gets so rough for you that you don't think you can take it no more, that you think you're about to snap, that you're ready to throw in the towel, he said, that's when you got to grab on to God. That's why you got to cling to God. That's when you got to take hold of God and you got to hold on to God's unchanging hand. Somebody knows that when you hold on to God. God will work it out. That's what David said. David said, when they got mad at me and started talking about doing something to me, I didn't look at them. I looked at God. 
I held on to God because somebody know that God can fight your battles. Anybody know that God can fight your battles? My grandmother told me like this, son, I'm just going to put you in the hands of the Lord. And let me tell you what she was saying. She said, the Lord could whoop you better than I can. And y'all, I found out there ain't no whooping like the Lord's whooping. Maybe you ain't never been there before. But when the Lord have to whoop your tail, can't nobody get the Lord up off of you. And y'all, I'm here to tell you, David said, you got to learn. You got to learn. You got to learn how to grab on to God. You got to grab on to God and not let go. Will anybody just uh, say it right here with me? Say it with me right here. Say, hold on to God. You got to grab God. You got to clean God. Come on, say it with me. Hold on to God. You got to grab God. You got to clean to God. One more time. Hold on to God. You got to grab God. You got to cling to God. Because I'm here to tell you, when you hold on to God, you're holding on to everything you need. That's what David is saying right here in the text. He says you got to encourage yourself. I just told you that's what that word encourage means. It means to grab hold to. It means to hold on. And family, sometimes you ain't got nothing but the Lord. Your money can't do it. Your political connections can't do it. Your bank account can't do it. Your position at your job can't do it. Your position at the HOA can't do it. Your position in society can't do it. Sometimes all you have is the Lord. But can I tell you like this? If you got Jesus, you got enough. Hey, I don't want to get too excited, but I got to tell the truth. If you got Jesus, you got enough. And so David says, you got to learn how to encourage yourself. I'll say it one more time. You have to learn how to encourage yourself. How do you encourage yourself? First of all, he said, you got to learn how to stay focused. How do you encourage yourself? Second of all, you got to learn who your real enemy is. Your real enemy is not anybody walking around here in flesh and blood. I'll say it one more time. Because Paul told us that in the book of Ephesians, your real enemy is not anyone walking around here in flesh and blood. But we are fighting a spiritual warfare. And so you got to recognize who your real enemy is. But let me leave you with this. He also says, I'm not just going to grab on to God. He says, but I've got to grab on to my Lord. Hello, God, my Lord. Read that text again. It says that, but David found strength in the Lord, his God. I don't want to move too fast on that because I think you need to see that again. He said, David said, and David found strength in the Lord, his God. Now, when you look at that text, here's what you'll discover. That text is what they call a Hebrew idiom. And a Hebrew idiom is nothing more. It's when you take two words and put them together. And when you put the two words together, they don't have the same meaning together as they have apart. Did you hear what I just said? They took two words and put them together. And when you put the two words together, they don't have the same meaning together as they would have apart. It's a Hebrew idiom. When you put the Lord, he says the Lord and God together in this text, he's saying you've got to understand that there's a supernatural transformation taking place right here. What does it mean? Because God was so holy and divine to them that in the Hebrew language, in this day and age, he was too holy for them to even call his name. Literally, it was the name Jehovah. But they could not say Jehovah. They would call him Yahweh. But they could not say Yahweh because Yahweh was too holy for them to even put it in their name. And so the word Yahweh, y'all, was what really is taking place right here. Let me see if I can get you to understand. The word Yahweh was spelled Y-E-H-O-V-A-H. You know, just like you spelled Jehovah, but there was no J, so you put the Y there. And what it says is Y-E-H-O-V-A-H. And here's what it means. It means the Y-E 
Mint Wolves. Okay, back up, back up, back up. Make sure you get it. Y-E-H-O-V-A-H. Yahweh, Yehovah. Here's what it's saying. Yehovah simply means, let me make sure you get it. Y-E means was, okay? And then the H-O means now, and then the V-A-H means is to come. Back up, say it one more time so you can get it. He says, you got to understand who I'm grabbing a hold to. I'm grabbing a hold to the Y-E, who was. He was my protector. He was my buckler and shield. He was my provider. But I'm not only grabbing on to the H-E, who was. I'm grabbing on to the H-O, who is now. Can I tell you who he is now? He's everything I need right now. He's my buckler and shield. He's bread when I'm hungry. He's water when I'm thirsty. He's strength when I'm weak. What is it right now? He's my doctor if I'm sick. He's my lawyer if I'm in the courtroom. What is it right now? He's everything I need right now. And then he says, but he's also a V-A-H. And that means is to come, which means all I'm trying to get you to understand is if I get to tomorrow, the one that holds tomorrow is the same one that's taking care of me today. He says, now put all three of them together. He says, this is who I'm holding on to. Yesterday, today, and forevermore. Because my God does not change. Man, I want to shout right there. But I just want to remind somebody right now. David says, this is how you encourage yourself. Because you know the same God that took care of you yesterday is the same God that's taking care of you right now. And you know the same God that's taking care of you right now is the same God that will take care of you later on. And sometimes you just got to thank God for his isness right now. Sometimes you just got to thank God because when I look back over my life and begin to think things over, I can't help but tell God thank you for everything he's done in my past. Y'all, you don't know my past. You don't know my story. But if I told you my story, you'll understand I got a reason to testify and tell God thank you. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know why you shout. I don't know your reason for trusting in God. I don't know what God has done for you. But if the Lord has done anything for you in yesterday's time, you ought to be thanking him right now because you know if he took care of you back then, he can take care of you right now. And you know if he takes care of you right now, you don't have to fret about later on. That's why I ain't going to bed worrying about tomorrow. Then I ain't walking through the day worrying about what I can't do tomorrow. I ain't worried about what may happen and what may not happen on tomorrow. I'm thanking God right now. You want to know why? That's Jehovah. Can you say it one more time with me? That's Jehovah. That's the God who was. That's the God who is. And that's the God who will be. One more time. I'll say it for you one more time because I'm getting too excited all by myself. Here's what I'm saying. That's my God who was. That's my God who is. And that's my God who will be. In other words, whatever I needed on yesterday, he did it. But can I shout about this? He's been providing everything I needed on today. And if he took care of yesterday, and he's taking care of the day. I ain't got to fret about tomorrow. Man, let me tell you right now. David said, this is how you encourage yourself. Now, let me give you this and I'm out your way. All of this took place before David made it to the palace. Okay, y'all missed it. Because if you know the story of David, here's what you'll know. You'll know that David has already been anointed to be the next king. But although he was anointed to be the next king, he wasn't in the palace. And because he wasn't in the palace, he ain't living like a king is supposed to live. And because he wasn't in the palace, all of a sudden he's getting treated like a just ordinary individual. But y'all, I need you to understand. Don't worry about how folk treat you. You need to stay focused on what God has ordained you to be. Because sometimes, y'all, folk don't understand 
understand what God has done to you and what God has done for you and the assignment God has given you because they're looking at your past. They're looking at your mistakes and your shortcomings and they are saying you don't deserve anything like that. And to be true, we don't deserve it. But here is my shout. God always blesses me with stuff I don't deserve. I don't know who I'm talking to on here, but I believe there's somebody else that can say, I got some stuff that I don't deserve. I've got some blessings that I didn't deserve. I've got some maneuvers in my life that God made that I didn't deserve. I've received some things, some blessings, some honor, some awards. I've received some things that I didn't deserve. But here is what I come by to tell you. I come by to tell you. David said, you got to learn how to encourage yourself. Can I bless you real quick? The only reason God allowed David to come back and the men to come back and found that Ziglag, the town that they was living in, had been burned because God knew they had gotten too comfortable where they are and it was time for them to move. Had the town not been burned, they would have relaxed and stayed right there because they had gotten comfortable where they are. But God had to set some circumstances that would push them to the palace. Did you hear what I just said? Because now God has said, "Is you've been out here straggling too long. It's time for you to get elevated. It's time for me to lift you up. But I can't lift you up until I put you in a situation that you have no choice but to move. Y'all, I'm shouting right there because sometimes God will let some stuff happen in your life that you don't like just so that he can make you move to where he's been trying to get you to be. Hello, somebody. Just in case you didn't know, read the story. I'll tell you what happened at the end of the story. David asked the Lord, what should I do? The men are not looking at me right. They look like they want to stone me, but I think if you give me permission, I can go get those women and children back. And God said, yep, I've already anointed you. Here's what you do. Get up and go get what already belongs to you. Family, I'm shouting right there because that's a word for somebody right here tonight. You got to get up and go get what God told you for you. You you know God told you to get it, to do it. I don't know what you're waiting on. You better go ahead and bust a move. And the Bible will decree that David went after, Amal after, after the Amalekites. And when he went after the Amalekites, the Bible will decree. He whooped all of the Amalekites, brought all of the women and children back, and not one of them died. Did you hear what I just said? Not one of them died. I said, when God is on your side, let me tell you, when God is on your side, he's been enemy you could ever run across. When God is on your side, he can fight every battle you'll ever have to get in. When God is on your side, you'll know that there is no power like God. I'm out of here now, but let me leave you with this story. Um, Just the other day, I received a phone call, and the phone call was from a young man. He was struggling. He was having a hard time. He was going through. He was ready to give up, and I could hear the desperation in his voice, and he said, Pastor, I don't know what to do. I'm about ready to quit, give up. I'm about to ready to throw in the towel. I'm ready to, I'm about ready to do something that I know I should not do. And I say, man, let me give you some advice. Do me one favor. Do me one favor. When I get, when you get off the phone with me, find you a place in your house. And when you find that place in your house, I need you to find this time. You know the time, right? When you get off the phone with me, I need you to spend some time with God in that place. When you spend some time with God in that place, I need you to focus directly on God. I need you to put your mind, your heart, your soul, your spirit on God. And I need you to talk to God just like you talking to me. Because I want you to understand God knows everything that you're dealing with right now. I need you to focus on God and just ask Ask God, what does he want you to do in this moment? And the brother said, I'm going to do it. I said, just take 10 minutes at least and go spend time with God. And all of a sudden, the brother got off the phone. He said, I'm going to do it. And so the night went by.
o'clock, I get the phone call. I see it's the same brother. I'm worried that it's going to be another uh, another pity party, another problem that he have not been able to work himself through. But when I pick up the phone, when I said hello, he would have a whole nother tone in his voice. He was shouting through the phone. He said, Pastor, I just want to tell you what took place. I said, man, tell me what took place. He said, I did exactly what you said. He said, I didn't have a place in my house because there was people in my house. So I went sat in my car. And when I sat in my car, I put on my favorite song. And when I put my favorite song on, I just started talking to God. He said, Pastor, I talked to God so long that I fell asleep in my car. He said, all I know is I woke up in the morning, and when I got up this morning, I discovered that I had a missed call from my lawyer. Did y'all hear what I said? I said from his lawyer, which means, that means he had a case. He said, and I got a phone call that I had missed from my lawyer. He said, I called my lawyer back, but he wasn't available. He said, but about 20 minutes ago, my lawyer called me back. I asked the phone and talked to my lawyer. He said, my lawyer said to me, he said, boy, you're not going to believe this. He said, but the, but the DA decided to drop your case because of the coronavirus. Did you hear what I just said? He said the DA, because of the coronavirus, decided to drop your case. And the brother just said, I held the phone. And, it, and I didn't speak. I couldn't say nothing because I was so in shock. And the attorney said, did you hear what I said? He said, yeah, I heard you. And the attorney said, your case has been dismissed. Hey, family. I'm sorry, but that made me shout right there. Because even though this coronavirus is something serious and nothing to play with, God will still bless you in the middle of an epidemic. This brother was shouting over the fact that because of the coronavirus, his case has been dismissed. Hey, family, I don't know who I'm talking to on this thing right now, but I just want to tell you that you better not ever give up on God. I just want to tell you that if you can learn how to encourage yourself, if you learn how to trust in God. If you learn how to call on his name, I just want to tell you God will work this thing out. Is there anybody on here that can just hit the heart button? Just give me a spiritual high five because you know God will work this thing out. I'm trying to encourage somebody in here because that's what David said. David said you just got to learn how to encourage yourself and sometimes when you encourage yourself, that's what the Lord will say case dismissed. Thank you Lord for dismissing my case. Thank you Lord for setting me free. Thank you, Lord, for giving what I do not, do not deserve. Thank you, Lord, for being my protector. Thank you, Lord, for being my provider. Is it anybody over here that's got a reason to tell God thank you? I know I shouldn't be getting this excited, but when I think about the goodness of God and all that he's done for me, my soul gets happy and my soul cries out. And I got to tell the Lord, hallelujah. I thank God because I know he's worthy. And he tells me if I just learn how to encourage myself, that means stay focused on him. If I learn how to make sure I'm looking at the real enemy and they ain't walking around in flesh and blood. And if I learn just how to hold on to the unchanging hand of God, I'll discover he was my yesterday. He is my right now. And he will forever be my later on. Somebody ought to testify in this place. I'm trying to stop, but God is too good to me for me to cut this thing off and not give him everything that I have. So, Lord, I thank you for being our God. But somebody else is listening. They're fighting right now. They're going through right now. And Lord, I want you, if you would be so kind, to touch them and let them know, just like you did it for somebody else, you can do it for them. You can turn it around for them. And that's what we've come by tonight to do, is just encourage somebody. Hey, family, don't give up on God, because God will never give up on you. David said in his word, but David found strength 
in the Lord is God. Family, you want to be strengthened? Trust the Lord. Hang on in there with God. And I'm here to tell you, somebody can say amen right there. God will never fail you. Who am I talking to on here that know God won't fail you? Who am I talking to that God that knows God always comes through? Who am I talking to that knows God never comes short of his word? Thank you, Lord. 